Hello and welcome. I'm Al Barrows, and this is UFO Disclosure, the podcast that's meant to show an average person's reaction to UFO slash UAP news from the internet, books, experiencers, and even our government. Today I will be talking with Dr. Courtney Brown, who is a mathematician and also a leading scholar on the subject of remote viewing. In addition, Dr. Brown is the director and founder of the Farsight Institute, a nonprofit research and educational organization dedicated to the study of remote viewing. He has spoken internationally at universities and has published peer-reviewed research on the subject. His book, Remote Viewing, the Science and Theory of Non-Physical Perception, not only proves remote viewing works, but also contains much research for improving methodologies. Some of his more recent work includes teaching people how to reliably make videos, video recordings of UFOs. Welcome, Courtney. Thanks so much for being a guest on UFO Disclosure. I appreciate it. No, it's my pleasure. I want to thank you very much for inviting me on your podcast. So my first question has two parts. First part is, what was your goal when you started Farsight Institute? And the second part would be, what is your goal now? In other words, has your goal evolved? Well, in the beginning of Farsight was way back in 1996. And the beginning was very clear. I had just, I was, I was publishing a book called Cosmic Voyage, which was my first book on remote viewing. Um, and it was dealing with extraterrestrial life. And um, the publisher was was uh, Putnam. Now, Putnam was uh, a, premier, a premier publisher. They published the Pope's writings and things like that. And at the very last minute, they said, well, we have to have some way that this can be spread. So we're not going to publish this book unless uh, there's an institute where this stuff can be taught and understood. And I said, what? Uh, <laughs> I just published books and walk away from things. And right. I said, no, we have to have you actually set up something so that there's something. So that's how Farsight started, with me uh, very resistant to the idea of even having an institute external. I just, I was an academic, and I just wanted to publish books and walk away and so on. Right. But since then, everything has changed, and uh, Farsight is now not just a nonprofit institute, but we're also a, 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 a separate corporation, which is much bigger now, called Farsight Prime, and or just plain Farsight. And Farsight uh, has its own video streaming service, uh, which is really, really big. It's um, farsightprime.com, farsightprime.com, all one word. Farsight Prime, and it's equivalent technically to Hulu, Netflix, uh, Disney, Paramount Plus. It's run by, it's uh, hosted by Vimeo, so it's, it's first class all the way. We have our own apps uh, for the Apple or uh, Android, and so people watch things on their phone and then project things onto their, their television. So we have evolved into a remote viewing movie company, and that's what we've been for the last, you know, quite a few years now, and um, we started out just focusing on remote viewing, 
And over the decades, we evolved and developed a huge library of remote viewing projects that essentially rewrite the history of humanity. Because what you're getting in schools, once we actually started using the remote viewing to look at things, we found out that what we were, people were learning in schools was just garbage. Nothing was correct in terms of history, in terms of anthropology and archaeology and stuff like that. And I can go over some examples for you. And, um, and so we have basically over 50 major what we call mysteries projects. And we have a website, uh, a regular website called farsight.org org because it's we're a nonprofit on that side of things. Our site f a r s i g h t dot org org, and all of our major projects are nicely organized in terms of topics on the menu bar on the left. So uh, the, the the streaming service farsightprime.com is the premier venue for anything dealing with remote viewing. We have the absolute best professional remote viewers, they work full time at this, this is what their job is. And they, uh, they have gone through an extensive training period of typically about a year before they do anything for us with other stuff. And, and uh, they are the best of the best. They've been working with us for many years. And they are absolutely the best of the best in, re in remote viewing. If you look at other remote viewing uh, people and groups, it's very hard to find any public projects of what they do. So they're just talking about remote viewing. But in terms of public projects, where you actually see the data, all recorded live on video, and all done under very defendable, totally blind conditions, the remote viewers are not told anything about what the target is or what the project is. They're just told there to do a session, and they do their project, they do their session solo, and then they record everything on video. Uh, it's it's amazing to see the corroboration between the different viewers, and they're really good at presenting stuff. So they they do all of their work, um, all starting out totally solo, and then uh, then uh, they end up doing their video solo, and uh, under blind conditions. On some projects, we have uh, monitored sessions when things have to be carefully guided what to look at. But in general, they're, um, you know, they do, uh, for many of the stuff, just plain solo period. And it's a really valuable um, library of content that we have that is available absolutely nowhere else, period. It it's is. Not end of story, nowhere else. And, just and that's what we do, right? I'm sorry to interrupt you. Just for my listeners, you all have to go on this website. It's a, it's an, a massive library of video and content that's all for free. If I can just change gears for a moment, Courtney, uh, I want to point out to my listeners that you have uh, in that library um, on the left side on the uh, information bar, you have UFO video footage on your website that anyone can see. Now, is this something that all of us can do, videotape UFOs over our heads on a daily basis? I know that uh, you explained some of that on your website. And can you talk about that briefly for my listeners just well, to get oriented? Yeah. 
Now you're talking about the website, farsight.org. Okay. Now on the menu on the top, on the fourth link down, there's a link called recording UAPs slash UFOs. So we did remote viewing studies all up until just, just remote viewing studies up until the, uh, up, well, we've always done them, but the idea was always that at some point after we built our library of projects that we would, um, have to prove to people that the extraterrestrials are real. And that means prove, prove. So otherwise people could always dismiss this saying, oh, they're talking about extraterrestrials. They don't even exist. What are you talking about? That's garbage. So we had to actually prove to people that remote viewing is real and the extraterrestrials are real. So starting in January of this year, we had to wait until now because it wasn't until 2022, just last year, that cameras became available that we could use to effectively record UFOs. So Panasonic Lumix cameras, L-U-M-I-X cameras, they came out with a model called the GH6. And the GH6 cameras can record in 120 frames a second. And we get them converted to be full spectrum so that we can then put filters on the lenses that allow us to use them as infrared cameras. So recording in infrared and at 120 frames a second, we record UFOs. Now, what we discovered was that the UFOs in the sky are everywhere. This whole thing of saying there's a special photo that was gotten at this location we have to decide if it looks right or real or what. That's all garbage. The reality is, on demand, there are so many UFOs up there. On demand, you can take any 10-minute period, have the camera, shoot straight up, and if it's properly configured, infrared as well as 120 frames a second, you typically can get 50 UFOs in any 10-minute period on demand anywhere in the world. There are so many. They're all using stealth tech. Well, not all, but they're almost all using stealth tech. They're all trying to hide themselves. This is what's happening. That's amazing. But you can get past the stealth tech if you use a properly configured camera. So the fourth link on our website, farsight.org, up on the top, is a page that tells you exactly the camera specifications and how to do it. Okay, so UFOs travel at such fast speeds, Courtney. Do you think it's to avoid detection? I mean, why don't they want to be seen? That's exactly right. They travel at very fast speeds precisely to avoid detection. They also travel with cloaking. So that's why you have to shoot with infrared to get 98% of everything that's up there. So it's cloaking as well as, as, well as speeds. Now we have we have been matching these. We have these. Typically, we take our video footage and we pass it through a someone who's a air traffic control specialist. He's worked in the air traffic control towers of the busiest airports in the United States, including many years Washington D.C.'s airport. And his name is Lincoln Lousbury. And yeah, we have another show on FarsightPrime.com, 
where uh, Lincoln Lonsbury is uh, interviewed about our footage, and he just talks about the technical aspects of our footage. We are recording these UFOs at typically 20,000 miles an hour or 32,000 kilometers per hour, and you just don't see them. You just hear you don't see them yeah. because they're traveling so fast. When we shoot them, uh, we shoot them um, and get so many at once, but every single time to find them, you have to slow down the footage, which is why you need 120 frames per second. You need 120 frames per second because if you're shooting at a typical 30 or 24 or 25 frames a second, all you're going to do is get a dot on the screen and then it's gone. In order to shoot them so that you can actually see them move across the screen, you have to have 120 frames per second. Some of them are just like orbs. Other ones, you can see them clear as day. You can see the configuration. You can see the metal. You can see everything really clear, depending on whether you do it. Now, we also do it with, uh, uh, we also do it with 4K, because typically you're going to want to, 4K or better, typically you're going to want to expand it zoom in but you can't zoom in with your camera because you don't know what you're looking at you can't see them in the daylight right so you have to zoom in when you're editing the footage so you have to have 4k footage which is really a lot of resolution so that when you zoom in the thing is still clear so you know those but anyway that fourth link from the top at farsight.org uh, we'll, we'll, we'll give you all the specs for the cameras, the way we do it. Now, if you want to see examples of what we do, you can see those for free if you go to my Instagram page. Instagram, everybody has it on their phone. It's easy to use. And you go to Courtney Brown Farsight. It's all one word. Courtney Brown Farsight, F-A-R-S-I-G-H-T. That's my Instagram page. And we have a whole bunch of examples of UFOs that we shoot with our own cameras. Again, we never shoot more than 10 or 15 minutes at a time. And then we have to slow it down. So that 10 or 15 minutes typically turns out to be 20 times that length. Right. And then during that 10 or 15 minutes, uh, we have, you know, typically you know, a minimum of 50 UFOs at a time. They're absolutely omnipresent. They're everywhere. And yes, the government knows all about this, but you know, debunkers are like cockroaches. They come out of the woodwork. No matter what you show them in terms of a UFO, no matter how clear it is, it could be a clear as day, high resolution photo of one that lands in your backyard. No matter what it is, they're always gonna say, ah, it's a smudge, it's Photoshop, it's a gimmick. They're, they're not gonna accept it. The only way to get around the cockroach debunkers is to do the footage yourself so that you can say, no, nah, it's not. I did it myself. And then we show other people how to do it. So, again, if you want to see examples, Courtney Brown Farsight on Instagram. Plenty of examples. Okay. And then on our website, foresight.org, fourth link from the top, you can get all the specs for how to set up your camera and how to edit the footage. And if you want to see the projects, the projects that we use all of this stuff, plus the technical analysis of the footage, and the projects dealing with history, dealing with religions, dealing with extraterrestrial wars, uh, dealing with Mars, dealing with archaeology, our, our own human condition, what happens after death, 
all of that is available on farsightprime.com. Nowhere else can you find anything similar. In fact, nowhere else can you find any public projects at all. So we're the only place that does this. Let me ask you this, Courtney. Besides uh, having fun, what do you think people being able to videotape UFOs will accomplish? Do you think it perhaps might push the so-called disclosure along a little bit faster? Absolutely. You see, one of the conclusions we have come to as a result of all of our projects is that Earth is being run as a prison. It's a prison planet. And people have been dumped here from all across the galaxy. So you cannot understand how that works or how that could even be unless you actually understand the remote viewing process, how we actually do it and see our projects. The projects explain how that is, why it actually is the case. And you can't really get your head around it unless you can demonstrate that the UFOs are cheating people, that they are actually up to no good. They're hiding themselves because they're doing things that they don't want you to know about. Now, the US, the US government, the Israeli government, and some other governments have written agreements with some of the aliens to do technology transfer and other things. This is not in dispute. Hayim Ashed, the former head of the Israeli space director, that's their, that's their version of, of, uh, of NASA, has publicly stated in writing that there are written agreements between the U.S. government, Israeli government, some other governments, and uh, to allow the extraterrestrials to operate. Now, you can actually Google that. This is Chaim Ashed, former head of their version of NASA, which is the Israeli space director. He was also a general, and he uh, currently is a, a professor. So it is not in dispute that these types of things have happened. And until two weeks ago, People were still saying, oh, there's no evidence that we have any UFO contact or anything. And then David Gorsh uh, has been public coming out. He's a whistleblower. He's, yes. a, whist he was, he's a whistleblower. And he's been, he's been uh, involved in the... Uh, uh, the Senate hearings? The, the congressional hearings. Right. And he was also in the defense department. He was one of the highest ranking people at the UAP or UFO investigations. And then people can say, okay, well, disregard that. And then two days ago, Marco Rubio, Senator Marco Rubio from Florida, who's got a keen interest in UFOs, said it's not just Dave Gorsh. Now it's uh, we have many whistleblowers that have been testifying in front of uh, Congress, and they still have their security clearance, and they're, they're worried about keeping their jobs and they're also worried about their own safety. And so this is Marco Rubio just two days ago saying, yeah, David Gorsh is the real thing, and we have a whole bunch of others as well. So the, you know, the, this, this issue of disclosure is absolutely huge. So I'll, I'll be, Albert, the, the, the real key here is when people start taking their own videos, it really is going to push the disclosure movement forward a lot because you can't hold it back anymore. It becomes a situation where you start laughing at the mainstream news 
you start laughing at the politicians because everyone knows how to take pictures. Again, this was not really easily possible until now. I mean, okay, the Defense Department had specialized cameras that could do this long ago, but we didn't have that. People, normal people didn't have that, but we have them now. And so, and we have a clear description of the types of cameras to use and the lens to put on it and how to edit it and how to get it converted to a full spectrum camera, how to use it as IR. I mean, the whole works. We explain everything. And then all of the public projects that we've had in Farsight Prime, they make sense once you realize what the ETs are up to. Now, Albert, I should say here, there are two, there are many different types of ETs, but there are two general categories, bad guys and good guys. The bad guys are the ones who have the current agreements with the U.S. government and the Israeli government and some other governments. Those are bad guys because they have a very authoritarian orientation and they do a lot of stuff that people would not want to have happening. They run this place as a prison. Once you get thrown here, it's almost impossible to get out. On the other hand, there are good ETs. Now, on Earth, the bad guys dominate. They consider this their planet, their, their, their territory. And they have these written agreements that have been signed by the U.S. government, Israeli government, some others. The good guys are dominant in the solar system. The good ETs have a near fanatical belief in free will. And I really like that real strong belief in free will, but it gets to be sort of weird when they when you realize how much they really insist on it. So the good guys are trying to free the planet from the bad guys. They cannot invade the planet because then everyone would look up and say, oh my gosh, there's an alien invasion, protect us. And we'd be trying to ask our governments to protect us from the good guys. For example, if you were to say the population of Russia is being told a bunch of lies or the population of China is being told a bunch of lies and we should invade in order to free the populations of Russia and China. What would happen if we tried to invade Russia or China? The Russian people and the Chinese people would say, no, this is terrible. And they would demand that their governments would defend them. So the good ETs can't invade Earth. All they can do is try to push for disclosure. So they have been working with the idea of disclosure for a very long time. The good ETs are the ones who have been involved in all of the UFO um, extraterrestrial major concepts coming out of Hollywood, for example, as well as books. Hollywood, you have Star Trek, you have Star Wars, you have the Matrix movies, all of these things that are related to conflicts with extraterrestrials, galactic conflicts with extraterrestrials, control of people, uh, operating the people as a prison, like in the Matrix movies. All of that stuff has been seeded into the population by the good ETs. What happens is they feed these ideas into the scriptwriters' minds when they're sleeping. And then when they wake up, now they're fanatically supportive of free will. So they can't force the scriptwriters to do anything. But they can put the ideas in their heads, and when they're sleeping, when they wake up, they say, oh, I have a great idea for a new, for a new movie. Or a new TV show, and you get a new Star Trek thing coming out, or a Star Wars thing coming out. So 
what they've been doing is they've been winning the hearts and minds of the people, conditioning the people to understand the complexities of the issues involved. However, the bad ETs have all of the politicians and much of the industrial, uh, industrial military industrial complex in their pocket. Now, the the bad ETs really rely on a top-down control of the population. The good ETs do the reverse. They're trying to get the bottom up. So they're the ones that are really trying to push for disclosure so that they're so that the major populations of the planet rise up and say, what have you been doing? This is crazy. We don't want you guys to do anything. We want to have our governments aligned with the good, good ETs, not the bad ETs. So they want a revolution from below to come up. That's what's been going on. Okay. So that's the situation we are in right now. Can I we have a situation? Go ahead. I'm sorry. Um, Along those lines, I know you've said that uh, pursuing remote viewing and your interest in UFOs led you to write your bestseller, Cosmic Voyage, and then later Cosmic Explorers, which I have on order, but I haven't read yet. Um, these books were written as speculative nonfictions, but what I want to ask you, Courtney, is that from your remote viewing, what have you and your group seen as alternative future timelines um, that you've explored in Cosmic Explorers in terms of what it would be like underneath, say, the reptilians as opposed to the greys. And I think you're referring to the greys when you say that there are good aliens. Am I correct? There is no such thing as good greys or bad greys. Because when you're doing that, you're being racist because you're saying these people, because of the way they look, they must be bad or they must be good. They're just like humans. There are good humans and there are bad humans. On both sides, the authoritarian, repressive, evil, bad ETs, they have grays. On the good side, the free will ETs, they have grays. There are grays on both sides. And so there are, you, you can't just say a gray. You can say some comments about reptilians because the, there are good reptilians and bad reptilians, but the good ones are very rare. Most reptilians come out of a very authoritarian mindset, and it's very rare to find good reptilians. They do exist, but normally they're they're the ones who are top of the feeding chain in terms of repressing humanity. They have uh, they have good strong technology. They have good abilities to to con- you know to to do everything that they do. But it's not something that that is something that you're going to find much deviation with. The greys, on the other hand, are like humans. You don't, you never know a grey unless you talk to the grey. You know, you, you don't know which one is which until you actually interact with them. Just like humans, you can't say there are good humans and bad humans. Only one or the other. No, there's good ones and bad ones, and you don't know who you're talking with until you're talking with them. Now, I think I remember reading um, in Paola Harris's book, Connecting the Dots, that you can tell the difference if you tell one to go away and it goes away, and if it doesn't, then you know you're dealing with a bad one. Or am I misreading what I read? There's no way to easily characterize any extraterrestrials that way. 
it's just like humans. You just have to sense them out when you're interacting with them. I myself have had a, a, a lot of extraterrestrial contact going back to when I was even a child. And I have a video, I have a video on that. Uh, if you go to our YouTube channel, Farsight, that's our YouTube channel, Farsight, uh, you can find uh, that one video about our about the extraterrestrial contact, uh, my own biography with regard to that. So I have been interacting with what you would call greys like forever. And so anyway, I don't consider them a threat. Uh, the ones I have been around have been uh, around me since I was a kid. So it's, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's it really depends on, it, it really fundamentally depends on the group that you're with. Um, anyway, the, the ones that I work with are very nice people. When you say you've had... <laughs> very very fundamentally oriented around the disclosure we want the total and of secrecy with regard to everything when you say that you've had constant contact or a lot of contact with grays are you referring to remote viewing or otherwise no i have this out in my i we we knew this was going to come out so i've kept this secret until this year so I, I, but we knew this was going to come out, and because the disclosure process has moved into full gear, that we were going. I knew this was going to come out, so I had to. I had to be the one who talks about it openly. Uh, so I came out with a video that explained it. It's called "My Own Background with Extraterrestrials." So um, I, I have been. I, I wasn't human before I came here. I came from somewhere else, but I, I was born as a human with human parents, and I lived a normal human life. But I have been in constant contact with extraterrestrials. When I was a kid, they would show up uh, on a nightly, or many nights, uh, when I was growing up, when I was a kid, like eight, nine years old, and there'd be two, what you would call gray ETs, on my right and two on my left in my bed. Now, these are not things that I dragged up with hypnosis or anything. I just... They were there. I was. That's how I grew up. And this was way before Whitley Strieber came out with his uh, his stuff on Grays. This is way before anyone was talking about Grays. These guys were just there, and every morning I'd start to say, "Well, what is it they were doing? What are they doing?" But they were not threatening. They were protective. They were anyway. Uh, I have had regular guidance with them. When I started Farsight, we had a there's a there's a long story. It's my own. On my YouTube channel, you can, first I, uh, you can see the video. My own background with extraterrestrials. But when we started Farsight, we needed. There was a period where we were being attacked a lot by what we can call the agency, and uh, it was a very delicate time. The military people, in particular, were quite upset because I was a major professor in a major university and coming out with all this remote viewing stuff. They weren't. Not, they were not expecting that. And uh, we had a, an extraterrestrial, a gray extraterrestrial, <coughs> physically, <coughs> physically visit, <coughs> excuse me, <coughs> physically visit every single night someone who was working with me and uh, gave us explicit advice for one year, physically. Wow. Showed up every night at 3 o'clock in the morning. <coughs> excuse me. 
at three o'clock in the morning and gave us advice of what was going on. And he told us everything. He told us what the agency was doing, what the various players were doing, people who were trying to attack us. And he, he, he steered us so that we didn't mess up because the people who were attacking us had much greater resources than we did. He also in, in helped us a lot with regard to procedures we were doing. So the remote viewing procedures we were doing, uh, they started out to be identical to the ones that the military used for remote viewing and still used to this day. Right. And we had to evolve those procedures to be much more complicated, to be much more sophisticated, much more advanced. And where do you think those improvements came from? <laughs> so we were told explicitly, you know, do this, do that, and we did that. The, the that physical contact that happened for almost every night for us all that year ended at the end of that year. So at the end of 1997, it didn't happen. Period. It was over. Uh, but by that time, we had other methods of communicating. So we've been in constant contact with them, with extraterrestrials, uh, from the very beginning, and uh, we still have contact. We have regular. I, we have we have regular meetings with extraterrestrials at various locations when we we need to have conversations. So we are very deeply involved with that. But we're deeply involved with the extraterrestrials on a that are that are free will oriented extraterrestrials, and we're we are desperately trying to push the disclosure process. We want the secrecy to end. And so I had to disclose my own contact with extraterrestrials. What I've told you now is just a brief snapshot of just a little of the contacts we've had. Yeah. I've explained it much more in the video, my own background with extraterrestrials, that you can find on our YouTube channel, Farsight. Now this but, is... um, yeah, it's, it's, it, so I am with that side, that group of extraterrestrials. Is this why um, the whole disclosure procedure seems to be kicked into high gear lately? Can you speculate as to why that would be, or do you think that uh, the impetus is exactly what you just mentioned, the ET, free will yes, ETs? Yes, it's, it's happening. If we weren't kicking the can, if we weren't kicking the can to do this, you wouldn't be getting anything dealing with disclosure. Wow. In fact, it's not, a, it's not an accident that some of this major disclosure stuff started to happen. It has started to happen after we started to, to, to tell people and publish on our videos and on our YouTube channel and everything, and on farsightprime.com, our major streaming service, um, how to take your own videos of this. It's They're trying to keep ahead of the curve. Uh, they're, they're trying to, they, they can see that the change is happening and they don't want to lose control of the agenda. So, you know, uh, and the military, do not think for a second that the military is of one mind. Half of the, now, I don't know the exact percentages, but approximately, let's just say, half of the military is very supportive of disclosure and wants the secrecy to end, all of it. The other half is just the opposite. They have working relationships with the authoritarian extraterrestrials, including the reptilians, uh, for some technology transfer stuff, weapons-related, and they are trying to keep those relationships working. So it's a it's a two sided situation. So um, you know the military is not of one mind. So you're not going to have the military making a decision and then trying them trying to push the agenda 
one way or the other. They're not going to do it because they're they're sort of locked up in their own internal battles. Yeah. They, the politicians are simply bought off. You're not going to get any leadership out of the politicians. So this has got to come from the bottom up, which is why, Albert, I'm talking to you on your podcast. That's one of the things we're trying to do. We're trying to reach out and let people know about farsightprime.com, about how to take videos, your own videos of the extraterrestrials. And this can be done on demand. You don't have to say, where am I going to get likely to have a shot of of the UFOs trying to think of the right place, the right time? Forget all that. Your backyard, it works fine. Any any place you want to be on on the planet Earth, there's UFOs all, you're talking across the entire planet, at least tens of thousands, maybe hundreds of thousands of extraterrestrial spacecraft right above your head. Now, I mean, above the planet, you know, over across the whole planet. Over your head, typically, we see 50 UFOs every 10 minutes in the footage that we find. Wow. But they're so... all using stealth technology. It, they're, they're not the free will ETs, the ones that I work with. If they were for the free will ETs, you would see them in visible light. Let me ask they're you this, Courtney. They're trying to hide themselves. Um, Courtney, once everyone is videotaping the many UFOs constantly flying over us and sharing this, hopefully, on social media, do you think we'll finally find out what they're doing here? We already know what they're doing here. That's why you. That's why we've done. That goes beyond what we're capable of talking about in your podcast. But that's what we've explored and FarsightPrime.com. All of the projects we've done, we explain. We explain what they've been doing all throughout history, thousands of years. We explain how they were involved in the building of the pyramids, why it happened. We explained the types of societies that they tried to make. Back in the old Egyptian pyramid building days, they ran this place as a strict prison slave planet. And that was how they would like to run this planet to this day, in fact. That was disrupted, however. It was a military engagement that came in that disrupted that, and they had to start working behind the scenes. They couldn't work up front like they were doing. Most of our projects are on our streaming service, and our paid subscribers get to see most of them. We have a lot of free stuff, including uh, uh, free tutorials on remote viewing, how it's done and how to learn it. But... um, the uh, pyramid, the Great Pyramid of Giza, for example, that's available for free on, on YouTube, and you can you can find it on our website farsight.org, or on our or on our YouTube channel, uh, Farsight. And uh, it, it, we went into great depth of explaining how those pyramids were built. The mainstream story of how the pyramids was built is just laughable. It's just junk. It's garbage. So we are we have done we have done our part and revising the history of all of humanity going all the way back thousands of years to the present and if you want to know what's what they're doing now then that's in our projects as well but it's way more complicated but it's basically this is a prison planet and the major resource on this planet is people and the authoritarian ETs want to control their people now, if you go back to the really bad authoritarian days of the former Soviet Union and the uh, and China back in the days of Mao, 
those people could not leave their countries. You, you could not get out of the Soviet Union. You couldn't get out of China. Things have been better now. You have people able to leave Russia and you have people able to leave China. But back in the days when it was real strict authoritarian stuff, people could not get out. That's what it's like on Earth. So that's what the authoritarian ETs do. So to explain all that, we needed full projects. We don't need a 10-minute podcast explanation. You need full projects to explain the whole history. And that's what you get at farsightprime.com. Okay. Um, I just have two more questions before I let you go. I know you're, you're a busy person. Have you or any of your colleagues ever remote viewed the future of disclosure? Is it different than we expect? There is no one future. Once you know about remote viewing and the science of remote viewing, you understand that there is a real thing of multiple timelines. It's not, it's not just a science fiction thing or a Hollywood thing. It's a real thing. There's no single timeline in the past, the present, or the future. Now, mainstream physics, as it's traditionally understood through general and relativistic physics as well as classical physics, says that's impossible because they assume that the physical matter, the physical, physical stuff, can't, you know, it, it, you can't get multiple universes in because where would you, where would the physical matter go? You can't occupy the same space. But that type of physics is obsolete and it's dying away. There is a, a process that it happens in quantum mechanics that allows all of this to happen. So what we're talking about is a modernization of the theories of physics that includes a generalization of quantum mechanics to include the macro. Now, in the 1950s, 60s, and 70s, 80s, uh, most mainstream physicists laughed at that. They just said it was rubbish. Now, about 20, maybe 25% of mainstream physicists have accepted it as the main thing. We're getting a slow transition to a more modern understanding of physics, and we're simply waiting for the older physicists to retire and die off. The younger physicists understand it as generalization of quantum mechanics. You can't say that what happens on the micro is on the micro, and that what happens on the macro is different. It's on the macro. The micro is made up of the micro. You can't separate it like that. So you have to have a generalization of quantum mechanics. Everything that we do with remote viewing and multiple timelines happens on the quantum level. So you have to be able to figure out how it can happen on the macro level. And we do know how that can happen. But again, we need we need generational replacement of mainstream physicists. And so we're doing that. And again, about 20, 25% of new physicists have understood that. But you still have 70 to 80, 75 to 80% of mainstream physicists who are older. And we're waiting for them to be replaced. So you're saying that the future... Um, is not set like the two-slit experiment and entanglement where it has it, That's it exactly can change. Right. Yeah, and we are, and we're, we're there's no one future. So there is a future in which the disclosure process works. There is also a and and, and that the repressive authoritarian ETs get driven out of the solar system. 
there is also a future in which the opposite happens, where disclosure doesn't happen, and the authoritarian regime, uh, uh, and then the free will ETs respecting humans who decide by their own free will to remain as slaves in a prison society, then the free will ETs would leave. They're not going to, there's nothing they can do about it. If the, if the major human leaders sign renewed agreements with the authoritarian ETs, there's nothing the free will ETs can do. They have to leave. So, and they will leave because that's, that's their own belief system. So what we're trying to do is we're trying to push the disclosure process to happen. And the reason you're seeing this congressional committee stuff happening, these whistleblowers happening, is because of the activity of the free will ETs to push the agenda. Governmental people are trying to stay ahead of the curve. They see that the disclosure process is happening. But it's got to turn big. It's got, there's got to be a moment when it becomes really, really big and everybody hears about it. We're waiting for that to happen. And at that time, when that happens, that's when the major possibilities occur. That's when you're going to be able to see who's going to, with the timeline that we're on, we're going to say, who's going to win? It's a battle. It's a war. But it's, we're trying to avoid a shootout. So it's a battle, it's a war that's being done in terms of the hearts and the minds of the people. Courtney, um, I promised you that this would be under an hour, so I want to thank you for joining me on UFO Disclosure and for helping to enlighten both myself and my listeners on your remote viewing and ET research. Please consider coming back in the future. I have so much that I could have asked you in addition to what we've spoken about. Um, Uh, It's been been my pleasure. I want to thank you for inviting me. Folks, remember Farsight.org, Farsight Prime. Check it out. You can spend weeks just going through the library. Um, His uh, book on remote viewing is Remote Viewing, The Science and Theory of Non-Physical Perception. Check out also Cosmic Voyage. It's a bestseller. And I just ordered Cosmic Explorers, which explains even further into his ideas from Cosmic Voyage. Thank you, Dr. Yeah, I, Courtney Brown. I, 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 should, I should say, Albert, that both of those books are now available. They were bestsellers in their day, but both of them are available now as uh, free downloads from my personal website, CourtneyBrown.com. So you can get PDF versions of that uh, at CourtneyBrown.com. God, you're so generous. I don't know how you do it. Folks, if you can also, um, I think you take donations. If you are able to, uh, please donate uh, to his very good cause. Actually, the, the most important thing people need to do is to become subscribers to farsightprime.com. So that's better than a donation because then they get something real that's right there in front of them that they need to know about. Awesome. I agree. Thanks again, Courtney, and um, good luck in the future, and hopefully we can speak again. Thank you. Thank you, Albert. This is Al Barrows signing off. Thank you for listening to my podcast, UFO Disclosure. Please remember to click on the follow button and keep searching for the truth. All the blessings and luck go out to all.